Welcome to Robots for Eyes, episode 40. Life begins at 40. Apparently. Podcasting begins at 40. Maybe. Maybe this is the one which is going to shoot us into... Oblivion. World, yeah, shoot us into what world do you mean? fame. We're already there, mate. We're in orbit. <laughs> we are there. We're, on the fo- we're going to the moon. We are. We're so high. <laughs> uh, right then, how are you doing, everyone? Saturday morning. Nice day. Yeah, it's pretty nice actually today, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not cold. It's quite sunny. Yeah, it's, it is. It's bright, but warm. And yeah, it's, what time is it now? About half ten, so that ten twenty nine. Close, close enough. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, I'll give you less than sixty seconds out there. Yeah, that's yeah. All right. <laughs> right, I want to say hello to uh, Jack Lee on Facebook. He's a uh, he's a new follower. So big up, man. Word big up. up, big up, big up. Also, Adam. Yeah, I, he gave um, a really good suggestion for an episode, um, like sports pers- sports personality kind of quirks. And like weird things that sportsmen, sports people do, like, um, well, like for instance, he, he pointed one thing out: why do tennis players, when they're given a ball, they bounce them and they chuck one away? He wants to know. These are the questions that are going through his yeah. mind. I suppose. I wonder, I wonder if it's just some. I've got different air pressures in or something. I yeah. don't know. Bounceability. So yeah. um, we'll. Um, that's definitely an episode, and, and you might as well just add just coming on for that one, mate. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. Actually, you just speak, you might as well just come on. He says uh, if he needs an extra hand, we'll be always if we need, we always need extra hands, yeah. mate. So yeah, you might as well come on. And we've got your care package ready, mate. So if you want your uh, your t-shirt and stickers, um, they're around here. Rob's gone, so got just uh, just uh, drop me a message or Rob a message and just come again, mate. Yeah, man. And uh, I also want to say um, hello to Big Tony at Jiu Jitsu. Big T, Big T, the Big T dog, because. Uh, after killing me for five minutes, yeah. he calmly says, oh, well, uh, I'm listening to your podcast as well. Oh, right. <laughs> After you just write me to death. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, how's it going, Tony? You all right? Um, as always, Christ, that got loud. I know, it did, yeah. It Hello! Was, what was all that about? Oh, it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But as always, crack cushions. Can't beat a bit of crack cushions. Can't beat the mighty crack cushions. Uh, check them out on Etsy. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. As well as... Dead Glass Design, Sean down in Australia, living it up with his log burner. I need get, a beer. And getting pissed up, smoking fags at work, like a true Sweet. free man. That's what you got to do. Yeah, he's a, he's, uh, that's, that's what men are about. Yeah, that's, that's a proper <laughs> man at work, that is. Yeah. He's, None of he's, this... he's in a boiling hot room with, burn, with fire, beer, and probably smoking something as well, which is all Absolutely. good. Absolutely. None of this health and safety. You can't go up that ladder for more than two minutes because you might fall off yeah, and die. Fuck, fuck that, no safety yeah. barriers. No, no, that's shit. We just, we're just going to fucking blow bits up, man, and smoke fags and just have a great day. That's it. That's what you've got to do. That's, that's the type of job you want, and it? it's something you enjoy. 
You can sit there, drink, and just fuck around. Yeah. And then there you go. He's made his own world. Yeah, that's it. He's made his own little hobby world. Which you know is, what I mean? Which yeah. is his business as well. Yeah, damn right. It's fucking brilliant. So go check him out. Deadglassdesign.com. They're on Facebook, Instagram, and every, I think they're on Twitter as well. But like, I'm following you, Sean. Um, but you, uh, I don't think you're like... You're about as good on Twitter as me, and that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I literally don't go on Twitter. Twitter's a bit shit. I, I just... It's just a little, little, little bit of writing, really. You know what I mean? I just don't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I know you can put pictures and do all that shit as well, but I, just, I don't know. I, just, I think there's just too many of them, isn't there? There's yeah. too many of these social things, you know what yeah. I mean? Social media things. Well, the only reason why we've got Twitter is because Paul Sparrow said, can you get Twitter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, it's your fault, this. So, th- so basically, <laughs> we've got a Twitter account for a whole podcast, which one, is just for, for one person. person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're getting special treatment there, Paul. Yeah, well, obviously, there's more people now, but yeah. Uh, and also... Um, Lower Than Bones. Go check Lower, lower than, than Bones. Than bones. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> They're at lowerthanbonesband.co.uk. You can find them on Facebook, Bandcamp, iTunes, and probably in court somewhere, I would imagine. Yeah, probably, yeah. Some stories we heard. Probably, um, I'm surprised he wasn't arrested uh, for just, just being in some mental carnage last mate, time. He's on bail anyway, mate. Is he? Yeah, uh, he's always on bail. Oh, good, good. He, um, he was actually, Ben was saying... Um, on our last episode, we said, if you do some mad selfies and shit, and we said to Ben, get one when you're on stage. And yeah. he had a bit of a hectic gig, I think. Yeah. And uh, he was covered in blood. It was bust-up equipment. And he heard our plea for crazy selfies after that gig. Bastard. I know. So you're going to have to... So it again, mate. You're just going to have to hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way. Start cutting your wrists. You're going to have to headbutt walls. Well, do. Or you're just going to have to do it to get the picture on. You've got to just take one for the team. Um... You can find us on all social media. Yeah. I just everything. Rise, everything yeah. And you'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, social media but, is like, it's important, but it's a fucking pain in the arse. But it's, it, it, yeah, well, I suppose it is important because it spreads the word quickly and all that, you know what I mean? It's, you know, that's, I suppose that's one good thing about Twitter, but you can do it for Facebook and all that. Twitter, a lot of people use it for news, don't they? For mm. breaking news. Well, that's what I use. That's what I mainly Look at Twitter for yeah. So so that's that's I suppose in the way that's all right like that. But it's it's sort of taking over everything, isn't it? Fuckers taking over the world. Go outside and look at some leaves and some birds. Mark Zuckerberg with his fucking fucking Facebook or whatever you can get fucked, mate. Well, I tell you what, he's made a lot of money. So has he? Yeah, <laughs> made about. I think he made last year. I think he made um. He's seventy five quid. Yeah. What seventy? Oh. No, that might be an exaggeration. Yeah. Might be more like seventy three. Yeah, I, f- I think I think you're talking the lower seventies. I yeah. think so. With that interest rate, be able to buy a chocolate bar yeah. after about nine years. Appar- apparently, he's um, meant to be giving away ninety nine percent of his money or something. Uh, right? Bullshit. Yeah, 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 exactly. But apparently, he's meant to be giving it away right to uh, charity. Bullshit. And you know how much he'd still be left with? A fucking ninety nine percent of it. Cause he's going to give away one percent. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred million, he'd still no, be left nah, with. Nah, he's fucking not giving that even away. It, mate, even if he did, he'd probably earn it all fucking back within about four years anyway. He's, well, he would, but he's being dumb, he's not, man. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not. If, he's if I had that much shit. money, I wouldn't give it away. I'd build fucking moon rockets and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'd be the fastest do, yeah. underwater submarine the world has ever seen, <laughs> and the largest statue of uh, a rocket-propelled submarine. Yeah, I'll do, do mad shit. I'm not giving it a away. Space submarine. Yeah, yes, yeah, space submarine. I'm going to take the ocean and a, and to a, orbit and a, 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 a rocket. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get on with the episode? Yeah. Uh, so you can find us on all social media. You can just, I don't know, go fuck yourself. We'll see you on the yeah. episode. Bye.
been on a mad bender though, haven't you? Yeah, it's been literally like a two-week bender. Every night though? Literally two-week bender. Do you feel bad for it or you don't care? No, it's, no it's, it's, <laughs> I've got to try and show you this messaging on. Um, I, because I, I'm quite, I'm, I'm an honest person, so. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm an honest person. <laughs> I mean, if, something, if someone says something, I'll, I'll either just won't speak to them or whatever. But um, I was, I was meant to be going, I went out on the piss, a couple, well, every night, but um, <laughs> I think it was Thursday night. It's all kind of merged it just into one. into one night. And I sent the client who I was going to uh, to um, see about, I think it was about half 11, half 12, something like that, and I'll try and find it. Um, basically saying, um, let me find, I've got to find the, the, the message because it doesn't make any sense. You're basically saying you're hammered. Yes. Right. This is, this is how it reads. So you'll be careful because cause it's so, so wrong. So you're meant to be going around to someone's house to do a quote yeah, or something? No, no, to work. Oh, right. And I did. I did. I, I, I told them to ignore the message in the morning because I was fine because I think I'm turning into a bit of an alcoholic at the minute. Uh, but, um, it goes, um, it goes, I'm going to be honest. I've been driving bling from 6 p.m. So <laughs> you, you may not meet you. It's all gone metal at, out of the blue. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> I fucked up, dot, 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 possibly. Drinking. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, is that your message? Yeah, that what is my message. reply? No reply. And no then, shit. It, and then in the morning, uh, about seven-ish, I went, ignore the message, I'll be there. As, uh, as you can tell, I had a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Completely fucking <laughs> did, did, None of it made any sense. Not, not one word, really, linked to make a, a perfect sentence. Keep that text message and put it on the page, because that's a good message. Yeah, it's, it is good. It's pretty it good. good text. I've got to be honest, I've been driving bling since 6pm. It sounds like some drug, doesn't it? You've got some driving bling. I've been driving bling, mate. I'm, I'm off my tits. I was meant no to say way. drinking. That's all I was meant to say. Yeah. Should well, we get on with the episode? Yeah. Because we're uh, waffling. We're waffling. Hello, everyone again. Sorry. Well, yeah, we're back. We, we're we back. were kind of press record while we were just talking shit. And we thought, well, you know, why not listen to it? You can have a listen. Yeah. Why not? So this week on the mighty episode 40, we're going to have a look at... Um, the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. Nice. It's a good one, this is. Okay. It's a good one, but it gets nuts. Yeah. It gets really nuts at the end. Yeah. So you all got to, uh, if you've got your tin foil hats, get them on now, put some duct tape over your arsehole, sit back and get ready. Yeah. Because the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident is also known as the UK's Roswell. Obviously, everyone knows about fucking Roswell. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, fucking aliens crashed in the desert in 1947 in Roswell. But, uh, the Renishman Forest incident is one of the best documented and most significant military encounters with a craft of unknown origin. Whatever you choose that to mean. I have no idea what that means, yeah. but uh, it's a good description. It could mean anything. It can mean anything you want it to mean. Um, but it's been a while since we've done an episode on a UFO encounter, so we thought we'd take a look. Why not? Um, I like this case because it involves all military personnel. I mean, there's some witnesses, some civilian witnesses, but... W- they're sort of, you know, fleeting, but it, take, it, it involves only military people, military guys, took place over a period of two nights uh, in December 1980 um, on and around twin US Air Force bases here in, in the UK. Okay. Um, the Rendlesham Forest itself is a large forest consisting of mainly pine trees. So uh, I think it's... Pro- I'm, I'm not sure, but when you have forests consisting of mainly pine trees in England, they tend to be man-made, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's usually like a little park or something, in yeah, it? Rows of trees and yeah. shit. It's about, I think it's about five miles square, something like that. So it's not massive, but it's, it's a fairly large wooded area. You know, you could get lost in there. Uh, it's not far from it, 
Ipswich yeah. in Suffolk, <clears throat> England. Now, near the forest, as we said, our bases, there's twin NATO air bases. They're RAF Bentwaters and RAF Woodbridge. Now, several UFO incidents, including multiple witness sightings by military personnel, have occurred there. Yeah. There were ground traces, radioactive anomalies reported from within the forest after whatever it was was in there. Yeah. It is a fascinating case because this is all backed up with documentation and recordings. Like, yeah. So you, you can really sort of exp- not experience it, but you can get a feeling of what it must have been like. Yeah. Now the base itself, or should I say, both of them, both the bases are well, it's debatable uh, because people are not willing to admit or choose just to brush under the carpet or whatever, or just not say. But it, it, it's it was a storage facility for nuclear missiles. Uh, which is interesting because you'd think an area like that, that housed weapons that could end all life on Earth, would be on total lockdown 100% of the time. Nothing is unseen at, lo- at these locations. Uh, it's closely monitored. Nothing is missed. I mean, the airspace itself is, is going to be monitored 24-7, 365 days a year by the best radar facilities we've got because these weapons are fucking dangerous. So... With all this stuff, monitoring and keeping the bases secure, it didn't stop this event from happening. Whatever this event was, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't know what it was, but we're just going to go through the facts. Uh, but all this security just it didn't have any bearing on whatever this thing wanted to do. Uh, the in- incident itself was witnessed by many military people, including the deputy base commander, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Charles Holt. Um, uh, thinking about it, as I have through the week, I find it disturbing that an unknown craft could penetrate the airspace and go unchallenged over a nuclear weapons facility. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter what the origin or what the eventual outcome of this thing was. The more important point to remember is whatever it was seemed to be able to just move around the airspace. Of a nuclear weapons facility, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, just yeah, just just calmly doing it. Yeah, yeah, with no with, with no sort of nothing could stop it. Uh. Very strange. Uh, all the people involved are highly trained military personnel who are not taken to flights of fantasy or make things up, as you could imagine. I mean, if you if you make <clears> things up like that and report it, that's going to be the end of your career because this is nuts. You wouldn't make this up. It's no. just, you're just not gonna. Um, I mean, some of the guys that witnessed it and encountered it themselves, they they did fear reporting it because they could, it could just make them look insane mm. and fuck up their military careers and they didn't want to do it. Um, so, should we uh, have a little... Yeah, let's have a gander. Let's have a gander, right. A, so. prop, a propaganda. You see what you could do? A prop- yeah, let's have a propaganda <laughs> in it. So, um, I mean, if you take all, all the, you know, the chit-chat about UFOs being fake or, or... I mean, I don't know what they are, but when you have a deputy base commander... Uh, of a nuclear weapons base, saying he saw a craft that was utterly bizarre and like nothing he'd ever seen throughout all of his training and many years' experience. I mean, he said it even shot laser beams at the ground as if searching for something. You've got to take him seriously. Yeah. I mean, they look after nukes. Well, yeah, they, exactly. These people are, ho- are holding top stuff. So if they come out with something which sounds crazy... In, you know, it's, it's kind of got to be true because yeah. you'd be like, I've got to trust this, but this person's 
high up and, and yeah. in like nuclear whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. So why would he lie? Why would he come up with a stupid mental story? It's because he wouldn't. Well, it's it's like they they look after nuclear weapons. They can't. They're not taken to flights of fantasy. These guys aren't making shit up. No, they're just not. This isn't some hearsay story. Uh, something very real occurred in the forest uh, around this nuclear weapons base. And people at the highest level in the UK government actually were aware of it, including Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister at the time. Now, when she was debriefed about it, she said, amongst other things... Would you debrief her? Would I debrief her? I've debriefed her four times already. <laughs> last year. <laughs> <laughs> Dug her up. <laughs> so when she, was to- when she was being told about this, this intrusion into airspace and the encounter, she... T- said, you can't tell the people. That's what she said. You cannot tell the people. Now, you can read into that however you want. Yeah. How would you read into that? Would you read, read into that as in um, she's, she knows it's true and she's just saying we've got to keep it quiet or, I, she, or is she more on the lines of we don't want to freak anyone out or, or is she on the lines of we can't say this because if it's some other military from another country doing something mental, yeah. they know that we're panicking. Yeah, I think that when she said she, you can't tell the people... See, I don't know... I've got no... I don't know what this thing was. I'm not saying it's alien. I'm not saying... It, I don't know what it was. I'm just going to read you the facts. When she says she can't tell the people, I'm assuming that she didn't know... They don't know what it is. Yeah. They're equally... Possibly equally at a loss as us. So you can't tell someone because... The public are just going to ask questions. And if yeah. you don't know the answer to the questions, you're going to look very vulnerable that something flew into your airspace, hovered over nuclear bases, and you have no idea what the fuck it was. Yeah. You look like a fucking idiot. That's meant to be secure as fuck. Are you telling me people can just come in? Exactly. It's kind of like if, if, they, if she says anything and it is someone, um, yeah. they, they know that there's a weakness and it can be done, can't it? That's it, yeah. It, it shows and them. They'll, and they'll be laughing, you know what I mean? Because let's be honest, most of this military shit, right, when they're showing off stuff... It's just one upmanship, one upmanship and just them trying to just go, ah, you know what I mean? And, and also, it's a lot kind of, of messing around, isn't it? All the technology that you, you see being flown around is decades old. So it's yeah, entirely yeah. possible that we have got crazy, crazy shit, and it's probably likely, but not this crazy. Yeah, okay. I don't think it's this crazy. So let's get on with it. Right, so the first night, the first incident occurred on the 26th of December, 1980. Now, it's Boxing Day. So rec- records show that it was a, a clear night, Good visibility, yeah. cold, you know, starry night. It's, you know, great night by all, by all accounts. It started about 2.55 a.m. on Boxing Day. Now, a huge fireball was witnessed streaking across the sky in the south of the UK. It was witnessed by many people, including astronomers. And it was also witnessed by a security guard called Richard Bertoloni and his superior, Sergeant Hall, who were at... Was he the one who made the margarine butter stuff? Yeah, it is him. Okay. This is his... Uh, so. He's moonlighting at this yeah, point. Yeah. Just too so he's just, <laughs> you know, just making ends meet. Well, time. why not? You know what I mean? If you've got that spare cash from making that, then you <laughs> may as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, well, he's, yeah, I, think he, I think he made quite a bit of money out of it, but he's just doing it for a laugh now. Yeah, well, I would, to be honest. <laughs> so, basically, these two guys are at the airbase, and they, they see something... Um, they describe what they see as a very bright falling star, not a shooting star. It was described as falling. It had a blue-green luminescence, and its tail had a sparkle to it. Okay. So I'm just trying to imagine it. So is it moving down slowly then, I'm guessing? Yes. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it is. It's not... It's and it's not obviously f- directed at something. It's not just like 
falling down willy-nilly. It's obviously aiming for something, well, I'm guessing. Well, you, well, if you see like a shooting star, I mean, everyone's seen them. You, you'll see it's them fleeting. Like, for, for like a second, you, if, you, if you're lucky, isn't it? Usually. And you may see them that last a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but when they get into the lower, denser parts of the atmosphere, if it's they're moving quick, yeah. they tend to go bang like that mm. one in Russia. So... Um, so it was a peculiar sighting. That's yeah. what I'm reading through this. And I'm guessing it's slowing down, but still bright. But he described what he saw as a, 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 um, a basically uh, a very bright falling falling star, but, but it wasn't a star. Um, he said uh, their immediate feeling was that whatever it was, was very close to them and was falling between the two bases. Right. Now, this is not a distant... Flee- fleeting shooting star. It's it's something different at this point because they're seeing it come down between the two bases. It illuminated the entire forest with a white light and had a pulsating red light on the top and banks of blue lights underneath. So mm. it's close enough to them now for yeah. them to see this. Now remember, if it, at the same time, I'm not saying it is, but at the same time, this thing was seen shooting across the south of England. It could be coincidence. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but at this time, after these two guys have seen this thing come down, they heard the radios at the base come to life. And somebody said through the comms that a UFO, some sort of craft, had descended, not crashed, descended into the forest near the bases. Now, as you could imagine, due to the sensitive nature of the bases, the security weren't very happy. Yeah. <laughs> and they sent out an officer to investigate. Uh, and um, the guy that went out... Uh, Basically, uh, when I met a couple of other guys that were over by a security post, uh, the airmen at the security post were John Burroughs and Sergeant Bud Stevens. Uh, they were patrolling and saw the light descend as well. They said it had strange lights. It was a very strange set of lights. So okay. this is the second set of witnesses now yeah, that have yeah. seen this thing come down. They said they knew it wasn't normal because it come down about a mile away from the base and inside the forest, not your typical landing zone. Yeah. So you've got two vantage points here. You see one guy, one set of guys have seen it come down and go in between the two bases. And M and John Burroughs and Sergeant Bud Stevens have seen it from a different vantage point and saw it actually go into the forest. Okay. Uh, and it was them actually that called the security. Uh, so they banged in the, a call to security. Did it sound like that when it landed? Probably. Yeah. It, it could have sounded like anything, mate. Okay. Um, but yeah, they banged it, uh, calling to security, and uh, Jim Pennison was sent out. He was a, a security sort of police officer guy, and he was also uh, well versed in observing aircraft and crash scenes. Now Pennison met the two airmen, uh, Burroughs and Stevens, and they could see it in the distance, about two hundred yards away. Now at the time, they thought they were looking at a crash scene. Well, this is what Pennison thought. Because he said that the colours given off by whatever this thing was in the field resembled titanium burning, right? Okay, so right. that's a good sort of, you know, okay, I've recognised that, that colour of light. Yeah. That looks a lot like titanium. We've got a downed aircraft here. Right. Uh, he then asked John Burroughs, did it explode when it hit the ground? And Burroughs said, no, sir, it landed <laughs> Uh, right, okay. So, so yeah. now he re- he's like, what the <coughs> fuck? Yeah. So th- this is when shit starts to get fucking real. Uh, they went to investigate. Um, Sergeant Stevens refused to go because he was so scared. Uh, so he hung, hung back and acted like um, a radio relay station so they could re- relay messages back to him and then he could get them back to the, to the base. Uh, so Pendleton and Burroughs headed over to whatever this fucking thing was uh, to investigate. Now, as they got closer, all comms, like the radio comms, started to go mental and the radios went down. So they couldn't speak to anyone. Yeah. The air started to become statically charged, apparently. 
So they can feel it on their faces, on their clothes, and all around them. So they're not actually up close to this thing yet. They're just noticing sort of a localised effect from whatever it was. Yeah. All this is in the military reports as well. So um, they're moving across the field, feeling all these weird things and realising that they're not going to be able to talk to anyone and they're essentially on their own. So they just carried on anyway. Fuck it. Mm. True men. So they entered the forest. Now, according to Deputy Base Commander Charles Holt's memo um, that was written after the encounter, Pennison put in that memo that it clearly wasn't a crash because it was far too contained. Yeah. He said there was no fire, there was no smoke, no smell of burning fuel, nothing. As they got closer and f- they found the object was in like um it was in like a small clearing in the forest. It wasn't just amongst the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just sitting in like a, pa- a patch of open land. Not very big, a little patch. And it was glowing, bright, uh, blindingly white light. Uh, and it appeared as though it was hovering or possibly on some unseen landing equipment. Um, as the men moved closer to the object, it actually started to move away from them through the trees. And they reported at this point that nearby farm animals went fucking nuts. They went like into like a mad fucking craze. So can you imagine walking up to this thing now? You're not up close and personal to it, but you can clearly see this is some next level stuff. Mm, this yeah. is not normal. This is ain't this yeah. This ain't normal whatsoever, is it? So and especially with Pennison's experience in aircraft crash investigation, he's like, this is not a fu- yeah, what, what the, the fuck is what this? What is this? Yeah, yeah. What's happening? Or is this you know? Is this are we getting invaded by the Russian? What's going on? So they don't know. But eventually, the craft stopped moving away from them and sort of hung still, just either on the ground or just off it. Now, Pennison, at this point, was actually able to walk up to it, right up to it. He said, at closer ranges, the light dimmed, and he was able to see that the craft was a triangle. This is his description. It was eight foot high by about eight to nine feet wide. It had no apparent front or back. It was completely smooth and made absolutely no sound, and it had no engines. Also, they noted a feeling of some form of... I told you it was going to get weird. Um, they said they noticed a feeling of time distortion. That's how they, de- they describe it. According to the men, they said it seemed as if everything was slowing down around it, and it was becoming difficult to move. What? I know. It's getting, mate, this is nuts. Uh, another odd characteristic was everything was completely void of sound totally silent in the local area around it, including the forest that went completely deaf, like completely deathly silent, uh, only when they were at the, cl- at the craft, though. Um, so it was a very localised effect. So mm. that's a peculiar way of describing something. It's not something that I think you'd make up. No, um, it's, wa- yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? That is. Yeah, walking up to something and feeling like you can't m- move very well. Yeah, it's... But that's something, like you say, you can't just, you wouldn't just make up, you wouldn't go, oh, it's because it's like an experience rather than mm. just making a story up, isn't it? It's an odd thing to say. I've not heard that in any other mm. account. No. You know, no. it's, it's, um, it's a peculiar, it's very strange. Not being yeah, able to like, move, yeah. devoid of sound. and you Actually, you get the time sort of slows down more. Well, mate, they got really close to this thing. Uh, they he, think, anyway. But Yeah, well, it's, that's what it seems like, mm. yeah. But they got really close, mate. They, he, Pennison took notes and photographs. Okay. So he, they were well-armed well armed in, in the sense of, you know, the tools to record what they were seeing. Um, Pennison got, actually got so close to the craft that he was actually able to reach out and touch it. He okay. actually touched this thing, which is, I don't know whether that's fucking brave or stupid. Yeah. Because... 
You don't know what the fuck it is, you do you? Know. It might be a fucking complete <clears throat> radioactive ball of madness, and you just from space, yeah, yeah, a dark matter blob. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> a, it could be an engine from a Russian satellite that yeah. you're full of nuclear fuel or something. Well, it's clearly not because he would have recognised that. But yeah, he's, anyway, he reached out and touched it. He said it felt like glass and was warm to the touch. Felt like glass and was warm to the touch. He said not hot. He described it as having no lights as we would think them. But bear in mind, he said he had mm. it, it was yeah, illuminated. Yeah. He said he had no lights as we would think of them. But somehow the lights were coming out of the fabric of the craft itself. So there wasn't any sort of point of like a light bulb or some, you know, it was yeah, nothing yeah. like that. It was just, sort of you know, light was just emanating from. The, the fabric of it. Yeah. It's a very peculiar... I mean, that combined with time distortion. It's a very strange set of descriptions yeah. coming through here. Um, he also noticed, other than the light being weird coming out of everywhere, that there were some s- strange symbols on the side of the craft that made no sense. Apparently, they were about three foot tall, um, you know, just sort of like hieroglyphs almost, just random patterns. Mm. You don't know what the fuck they were. Other than that, it was completely smooth. Now, he jotted all this down in his notepad. Uh, and what's really interesting is if, if you look at his notes, and you, c- you can Google them, the actual notes from the, from the, the encounter, mm. this first encounter, uh, his writing gets increasingly er- like erratic and scruffy and scrappy the okay. closer he gets to it. Right, okay. Which is weird. No, he's weird. Isn't it? So is it just like just losing sense of everything, maybe, rather than time? And it's just... I don't know. Could be that you're shit in it as well. Yeah. I imagine that, yeah. You're not just going to walk up to it and be completely normal with it, are you? You know, you know, not even not even one like wang on what's going on here. Yeah, going yeah. Through your head. You're going to be shitting yourself each time you get close to it. Well, you're in the middle of the woods at night, which is creepy. Yeah. And you've got this thing in front of you. Um, so anyway, yeah, he re- like I say, he reached out and touched it. Um, when he when he touched it, he was completely enveloped in pure white light. Now, here's a side note about Jim Pennison. Pennison is uh, well-versed in all types of aircraft. He was actually a United States Air Force trained aircraft observer and crash investigator. As part of his U.S. Air Force training, he studied both NATO and uh, Warsaw-packed aircraft, so he, was, he knew what he was looking at. Yeah. That's why they sent him. He knew a, a lot about the aircraft at the time, uh, and this was nothing like he'd ever seen as he described it, a non-aerodynamic, triangular, black, glassy craft illuminating an entire forest whilst causing some weird type of time distortion effect. That's, that's not a normal aircraft. No. So while observing it and taking notes, after touching it, there was a really fuck-off bright flash of light. This is what the lads that are there have, have recorded in, yeah. their, in the official documentation. They said there was a bright flash of light and the craft calmly rose into the air and hung just above them at tree height before, I don't know, waiting a, no, 30 seconds or so, before yeah. shooting off into the night sky. Now, Pennison says it moved faster than anything he could conceive. He okay. said it was almost instantaneous. It was there, and then it wasn't. It made no sound. There was no exhaust or air blast or sonic boom from this extreme takeoff. So he was expecting a world of fucking pain when yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. shot off. He's like, hang on a second, we're going to get blown across the field. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. And it was nothing. It's it almost as if it wasn't actually touching the air. Somehow it was, it's almost as if it wasn't there, but it was. Okay. Like, 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 um, like you could imagine a hologram moving. It looks real, it looks solid, but it's not actually there. So it can move quick, but affect nothing. Mm. Very, very strange. Um, so there they are. It's shot off. They're standing there, shitting it, in the pitch black, and the radio's burst alive. 
because this thing is no it's longer there. Off, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about five o'clock so in the morning. It's like it's jammed everything at the same time, isn't yeah. it? It could just be an effect of whatever this thing uses. As, yeah. I don't know. I don't Did they all die mentally like, with like the eyeballs exploding or something no? in the future? No. Find out some mental radiation poisoning they're, or they're all like. They're all kicking about now. And they're they're um, they're still equally as perplexed, but may, well, maybe not equally because some more information comes out. Um, so yeah, by the time it shot off in the sky and left them standing in the forest, it was five a.m. So they've been there two hours. So they're shitting it. They're looking around in panic because they don't know what the hell they've just encountered. And they saw yeah. an, another <coughs> flashing light off in the distance. Um, John Burroughs saw that, but they ad- they identified that as a a lighthouse, a nearby lighthouse. Yeah. So th- this other rogue light was. Nothing to do with what they'd just seen. Um, so they uh, they called back to the security post and uh, the security post said, get back over to your, po- to your post and, and stay there and wait, yeah. and wait, pick up. So you imagine walking back through the forest at night after you'd just seen that. That's nuts. There's yeah, you wouldn't want to, would you? You'd be like, what the... F-? Well, you probably would because you wouldn't want to be getting away from it, but also, you'd, you know, you'd be like, what the fuck just happened? What, you know what, has, I mean? just, yeah. Yeah. what has just happened? Um, so, yeah, they, they were both picked up and uh, brought back for an obvious <laughs> debrief, which yeah. you would imagine, being as the sensitive nature of the base. Yeah. Um, Pennison didn't want to fuck up his career, like we were saying at the beginning, and he thought that if they, him and Burroughs said everything that they'd seen exactly to the T, they would potentially put themselves in an unfavourable position. Okay. Um, so they both agreed to dumb it down as much as they could and they gave, as Pennison called it, a, a sanitised version to his superiors. Yeah. And you've got to remember, the commanders and the superiors, they, they didn't see what they saw. They knew that there was something out there and there was some lights, but, mm. but they didn't have that up close and personal uh, sighting. They didn't experience the effects. So they, they, could, they could really dumb it down and just say, look, say fuck all about it. Let's yeah. just say yeah, the yeah. bare minimum. Um, yeah, fuck so, it. Yeah, yeah. After the debrief, uh, the guys doing the questioning told them that it was better to forget it and leave it alone. Like, yeah, right. That's mm. an odd thing to say as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely is an odd thing to say, yeah. If it was something that Debrief, was... just leave it alone. Yeah, don't say anything. Yeah, just... You're like, hang on a sec. You, you, you just not notice what I've just seen? Yeah. Uh, you know How am li- I going to leave this alone? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like a plane's crashed. And, you know, it's obviously a plane and, and you, you know, they go, look, it's happened, it's over. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. This is something fucking stupidly odd. But so you're going you're to be questioning it. I, you know, when with any, any situation in life, if someone um, lies to you or someone um, tells you a story which isn't true, you question everything in the end, don't you? Because you yeah. like, and you you can probe in further because you, you know that it's all bollocks. So you you, you want to know why, don't you? Why yeah. he he knows when they say leave it alone. He's like, mate. You have no idea what I just saw, but yeah. I'm not telling you. And you're telling me, forget about it. Yeah. That's quite... T- would you tell him the truth? Would you tell him... Would you do what he did and dumb it down and give him the bare minimum? Or would you just go, right, this is what happened? I don't know. It's it's a tricky one because you've got to put... like. Well, I suppose it's like the same when Thatcher was saying, don't say anyone do this. It depends on who you're talking to. And... You'd have to tell them. Look, if I tell you, you've you got to not say anything because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know you can get fucked over, aren't you? So, well, yeah. As I said to Pennison, just forget about it. Pennison was like, "Nah, bro, I'm not forgetting that. That's fucking that was real." So that same day, after telling them to forget about it, he uh, he goes back out into the forest and he takes some plaster of Paris because uh, he wants to see if there's any. Because he didn't know if this thing was actually touching the ground or not, but it was—it looked like it was, but it yeah. also didn't look like it was. It was yeah, very yeah. weird. Uh, but he went out back out to where it was, and he found 
three depressions in a triangle shape about two inches deep in the forest floor. So this thing was heavy. Yeah. Whatever it was is heavy. And I've read it, um, a few estimates. Uh, the, the weighing goes up into multiple tons, this thing was. They took so wow, that was a, like a silent burp. You that, did was, that was yeah, it was like a, <laughs> the beast coming out of me. I didn't even try and burp. I didn't even know it was coming. It just went. I tried to disguise it. But you've got a microphone for it. But I, no, I didn't try and disguise <laughs> it. I didn't even know it was coming up. It just just suddenly was there. So this thing is uh, yeah, like we say, multiple tons. Which I mean, I don't know of a eight meter by eight meter by eight meter solid apparently glass craft that we've got that weighs multiple tons, but, mm. but yet is able to shoot off in a blink of an eye without making a single sound. Mm. We know that's... If if what he's saying is true... Now, he's put all this down in official memo, so he's got no reason to lie. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, man. It's weird. Anyway, um, he also, when he was out there taking the the, uh, the mouldings, he, he noticed, because it was daylight, he noticed there were some burn marks on nearby broken trees. So this thing actually... Had, had, had touched touched trees on its way down, yeah. almost forcing its way into the forest. Now, radiation levels, which scientific staff at the UK's MOD, um, they, assess, they assess the the radiation as being significantly higher than average background radiation, and the UFO was tracked on radar as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got people on the ground seeing it, people picking up on radar, and we've got physical traces, and we've got people being told to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Pennison's got moulds off the ground. Uh, he's got his notes, and he's got a roll of film that he hasn't told his bosses about. Okay, yeah, good man. That's yeah. what we need to. Like. That's what we need people like. Yeah, don't tell him anything. Yeah, fucking just do it, and then just it's your your evidence, isn't it? I just want to include a quote from Pennison now um, because it shows how radical his his viewpoint on reality changed. I mean, it was. Earth-shattering experience. He said, "What I believed, what I once believed, is no more, and what I've witnessed defies all that I have ever imagined." I am truly in awe over the whole incident, and no one can fully understand the magnitude of such an event unless you were there. Mm. Now, that's a guy that's used to crash scenes. He's yeah. used to being around, like I'm assuming, high-end aircraft, being a crash investigator. And yeah. This radically changed his viewpoint. Um, so. That wasn't it, though. I mean, his his encounter was over. He's been debriefed. He's taken his moulding. But the thing came back. It came back the next night on the 27th of December, early and well, sort of into the early morning, the 28th. And this time, the deputy base commander went out with the lads and actually recorded it. This time, the UFO, this second sighting, it actually fired, get this, fired laser beams at the deputy base commander and his team of men who'd gone to investigate it. Mm -hmm. It later fired laser beams at particular sensitive areas of the base that housed nuclear weapons. Now, this is all on a tape recording. Now, I've got to somehow figure out where to put this tape recording in. I might put it at the beginning or as we f- get further into it, we'll it in find somewhere. somewhere, yeah, and I'll just say because I've not really given it much thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so Deputy Commander Lieutenant Charles Holt is at a Christmas party. This is on the 27th, the okay. day after. Yeah. Now, uh, he's enjoying some downtime, probably not thinking too much of what had occurred the previous evening, thinking Pennison was probably just going batshit crazy or something. Um, he's just chilling out, feet up, enjoying himself. When a serviceman, who was a Marine, uh, Holt was familiar with him, um, he was a calm, level-headed guy, he drove up to the base Christmas party and summoned Holt 
Now Hulk come out and he says that he knew something was up because this guy was as white as a sheet and shaking and talking very fast. He said, you've got to come with us, sir. The thing is back. So it's okay, come, yeah, it's, it's yeah, come, it's back. come back again, yeah. So at this point, Hulk remarked that he thought his service personnel were probably just spending a little bit too much time looking up at the sky and not really paying due diligence to the really important job that they had yeah. in hand at the base, keeping nuclear weapons from mm-hmm. not exploding. Yeah, yeah. So he thought, fuck <laughs> it, to put it to rest, instead of sending people out, he said, I'll go out with you and I'll have a look myself and we'll get this thing nipped in the bud, you bunch of idiots. So um, deputy commander of a nuclear weapons base decided to go out with them. Remember that. Okay. A deputy yeah. commander at a nuclear weapons base. They're not, this isn't a paper round. This is a fucking high profile, high responsible like job, mm, yeah. <laughs> this is not you know it's, it's not nothing m- minor. So uh, he gets three guys to pick up the gear that they needed, uh, and then they said to and he said to him, just come, pick me up at my my quarters. So he sent them off to get whatever they wanted. Uh, I'm sh- I'm assuming he went home to get changed because he's about to go into the fucking forest in the middle of December, yeah, in winter. So he, he knows it's going to get shit. So he's going to get changed. Um, the the equipment uh, they had were like a, a giga counter, um, or was it giga or Geiger? I don't know. Doesn't I don't know, to be honest. They, I imagine it's a giga, but I don't know. I might be wrong. So, so, so it's usually when it's a 50-50, I'm wrong anyway. Yeah. So. You say giga, I say Geiger. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Cool We've covered it off. then. Yeah. So yeah, these guys come back and they have a, a Geiger counter. They have camera. They had lights, you know, all the, the usual the usual shit. Uh, so they, they went out and headed to the scene um, where this thing was seen descending. When they got there, there was already a security perimeter set up around the forest. So that's interesting. Yeah. That's, I found that quite interesting. Now, when he arrived, the craft wasn't visible in the forest, but the security perimeter informed them that it was in there. They just can't see it. Okay. And around this time, they started uh, having issues with... They had some big floodlights up, like trying to illuminate the entire area to make it as easy as they can. And they kept cutting in and out. So some sort of interference was coming okay. through. The Holt was debriefed and was like, nah, fuck this. We're going in. There's no, there's a fucking reasonable explanation for this. Yeah. You're all being fools. we just got to get the facts. So he took his men into the forest, like I say, with a camera, the Geiger counter, uh, and, and also a night vision scope, um, along with tape recorders and other things. Just, you know, just usual stuff to record it. So off they go, and they, they, uh, quickly shit starts to get fucking weird. As they entered the forest, the radios pack up, as reported yeah, in, the, before, fir- in yeah. the first night. Um, but they ca- they push on regardless. They just, you know, Holt's like, nah, we're still going in. Mm. We can get to the bottom of this. Uh, when they got to the area where Pennison had encountered it, uh, Holt notices the tree damage and burn marks um, and inta- indentations on the ground. And he gets one of his servicemen to start photographing it. So they're, t- they're taking pictures of everything yeah. now. And that's it. I've got problems with the, the tree damage. That's, to me... Doesn't make any sense. So, so let me get this straight. You've got a craft from another dimension or another star system that bends the fabric of space and time to get here, but crashes into a bunch of trees like a rookie. Mm. I just don't think it would crash. It's like um, it's just far too smart. It it's just like wouldn't. gymnastics, isn't it? When they do like a mental like jump on <laughs> yeah. the pommel horse, but then they they land and they step forward and oh come on, mate, you yeah. just didn't finish it right. Yeah, you were, you were close. You, you were perfect until that last bit. So that's what Pennison should have said. He should, yeah. as, he, as he saw the burn marks, he just held 9.9 yeah. out to it. Yeah. Not impressed, mate. Yeah, sorry. Not impressed. Well, so. 9.9 is still pretty high, I'd say. That's, well, it, that's pretty impressive. It is a potential interdimensional stroke, time-travelling <laughs> stroke, fucking interstellar yeah, craft. But, but you're right, so. though. Why, why is it destroyed? You know, why, why did it hit a tree? Yeah, it's, do, Why? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. If it can fly, float around and do whatnot, it, it, it can go into a woods without hitting something. I just don't it think left, it would crash. No? 
Strange, strange. I just don't think it would crash, full, full stop. Anyway, um, so they're at the scene where Penison uh, saw it, and the Giga counter was used uh, and started to register radiation levels increasing. They actually found out at this time that the radiation levels only increased where the UFO had touched the ground uh, on the previous encounter, the previous night with Jim Penison. Now, on the tape recording, you can hear the guys saying that the radiation levels on the trees are getting higher facing the landing site, and they refer to it as the landing site. Okay. They refer to it as a landing site. That's why I thought, hang on a yeah, second. Yeah. You're assuming, are you assuming it landed or do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Should have just said the scene anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. But all this is on, on Commander Holt's tape. So next, the farm animals at a nearby farm start freaking out. Remember Pennison said that as well. They started freaking out, as do the forest animals. Now, you can, you can hear them on the tape. It, it goes from, like, only the military guys talking and sounding scared to a fucking trip into Noah's Ark. Mm. It literally just does burst to life with animals going nuts. Uh, you know, they could have been spooked by the military's presence, though. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. They could have think of that. Yeah. And this is where things really start to escalate now. Whilst all this is going down, one of the servicemen observed a light and pointed out to Holt, uh, who's describing it on his tape. Now, it, I'll f- like I said, I'll find somewhere to put this in. I'll probably put it at the end of this, this, uh, this, this description. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's, he's describing it on his tape, and he describes it as a glowing red light with a hollow centre that looked like an eye. <laughs> it looked like a fucking eye. Yeah. It was actually blinking on and off and giving the impression that it was a big red eye looking at him. Fucking hell. It was a bit weird. It was about 150 yards away from it at this point. Uh, now, when the UFO or, or, or whatever it was started glowing and brink, blinking, all the animals shut the fuck up then. Yeah, yeah. They just went, nah. Not having this. Be yeah. quiet. Fuck that. Could you imagine that in the middle of a forest at night? <laughs> when you know some shit's going down and you're just wep- nuclear weapons housed. And, and you've got fucking this carnage. Just weird fucking blinking red eye and there's... You know, civilization bomb, civilization ending bombs around you. It's, it's pretty intense. So anyway, whilst they're looking in awe at this thing, they are suddenly aware that it's actually started to move towards them through the forest, moving through the trees. Now, airplanes don't do that. No. Leave it to helicopters. You can't fly through a forest unless you're on one of them fucking things on Star Wars. You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are they called? X, not X. Um, those weird, like, animal things you're on about. Or? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, like, they sit on, like, yeah. uh, them, like, zippy things. Yeah, yeah. Like, blast they, yeah. like motorbikes, but that fly. Yeah. Well, that would be cool, wouldn't it, to have one of them? But to be fair, if I saw one of them, I'd, I'd be telling everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'd be telling everyone if you saw this, mate. Yeah, but I, I think I think I'd rather tell people more about the, the, the one of them motorbikes. You go, I saw the coolest thing. I don't know what the fuck it is, but this is the coolest thing. This isn't freaky, like the other one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's so, all good. Yeah, so it, it, planes don't move through forests. They no. just don't. They go over or around, as with helicopters, not actually through the fucking undergrowth. Well, that's what this thing was doing. Now, if that wasn't odd enough, Holt said that it was actually zigzagging through the forest towards them, dripping what appeared to be molten metal. Dripping molten metal? This is on his tape, mate. This is all in the official documentation. Now, it's just important to reiterate the fact that we're talking about a team of military personnel yeah, here yeah. On, a, on a nuclear base. It's not like base. some random kids making up fuck, a story. Yeah. It's not me pissed up walking home. Yeah. This is this is like a fucking level-headed group of trained military men, marines and fucking stuff. This, this, this is fucking next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, yeah, so it's, it's dripping molten metal and zipping towards them. Holt and his men headed straight for it. Now, apparently, 
it moved out of the forest and over to a farmer's field where they, where they were watching it and they said it hung in the air for about 30 seconds mm. in this field before silently exploding into many white objects which rained down. It also remained in the sky at the same time. So it blew up, but, but it didn't blow up. What? It, it just like, went, like silently exploded, but yet a large percentage of whatever this thing was remained in the sky. Yeah. You know, but, 100 feet but it was dropping shit everywhere as well. But it, Yeah, but loads of fucking white stuff just come spewing out of it down to the ground. Mm. So it's, it's like part of it exploded. So Holt's like, fucking, come on, boys. We're going out to the field. There's yeah. got to be something. We just, it's there in front of us. Yeah, and yeah. It's just exploded. There's got to be some stuff lying around on the floor. Uh, you know, it's just exploded for fuck's sake. Yeah, you can't well. hide it. So they've gone out and they found fuck all whilst this thing's off it, over the other side of the field. Now... At this point, the craft apparently sees the men in the field and very rapidly flies towards them in an aggressive manner. This is all on the tape that okay. Holt has recorded. It stopped in the sky above them, straight above them. It then, according to Holt and his men, and this tape recording, it shot down a solid beam of, well, like laser basically, at the ground in front of their feet. Uh, they stood there in complete shock and awe, not knowing if it was trying to communicate, is it trying to attack, is this a threat, is it a warning, we don't know what it is. Mm. And then the laser just blinked off and the craft zipped away over the base and started shooting laser beams into it. What? Yeah. Uh, And, well, I say into the base, it was more specifically the weapons storage areas. Mm, That's that's not what they want. (laughs) That's not really ideal scenario, (laughs) is it? (laughs) You're shooting laser beams. That's bad to stop. Anyway, what's it hitting? The weapons area. Mm, it's, mm. <laughs> what's it? What's in them? It's not yeah. it's thermonuclear yeah. weapons. Don't worry. What? You can hear in the tape at this point. I mean, I'll I'll put it in. Fuck it. I'll put it in here. We'll just I'll just fit it in somewhere. But you can hear him. Um, him saying it's coming over. It's coming over. It's shooting lasers, and he's going. This is wild. You know, he's, you can hear the yeah. the animation in his voice, and that sort of fear starting to take hold. I mean, he's standing there with a laser beam at his feet, and there's something you know, hundred feet in the sky above him, like a glowing eye. Yeah, which then shoots off and starts blasting yeah, yeah. fucking. So you know, I mean, so we've got a structured craft that looked like an eyeball dripping what appeared to be molten metal approaching a team of military men. It moved over a field exploded silently but didn't get destroyed. It then flew rapidly towards them, shot lasers at the ground in front of them, then shot over a nuclear base, shooting lasers into weapons storage facilities. That is the description given to us by a deputy base commander at a nuclear weapons facility. So you can read into that as much or as little as you want, but that is what fucking they've described. Fucking hell. Still getting a 
At this point, though, Holt's uh, recorder ran out and the craft was still in the sky over the base. Um, so not to have any type of protocol to, to follow. I mean, he literally couldn't do anything. He yeah. thought, well, fuck it. I'm just standing here like a spare dick at a wedding. I'm just going to... We might as well head back. It's, mm. not, it's gone, whatever it is. It's yeah, over yeah. there. It's not, it's not biased. They head back. On the way back, Airman John Burroughs, who saw it the first night, was heading out to the site with another dude called Adrian Patinza. Um, they actually met uh, Commander Holt and his team as they were exiting the forest and, mm. and returning. Now, he remarked, John Burroughs remarked, that they seemed very scared and were acting very strange. No fucking shit. Yeah. When you hear what, what just happened to them. So whilst talking with them, Burroughs also noticed a blue light in the field that Holt and his team had just checked. So it, it seemed to have come back. Okay. Now, Burroughs and Batinza were up for checking it out and Holt wasn't willing to go back in, probably because... He's thinking, no way, man. Yeah, this fuck some, this, we don't know yeah. what this is. We can't go back out. But he did, he did authorise, Holt authorised the two, the other two men, Burroughs and Batinza, to go. So they, they went back in. Holt was just too shook up. He wasn't having it. Burroughs and Batinza apparently literally ran to the scene, to the field, because they knew some next level shit was going down and they didn't want to miss it. Mm. As soon as they got into the field, the, I mean, it was illuminated completely, the field was. The object disappeared in front of their eyes and they were left standing there in the pitch black with nothing whatsoever around them. First, it was an illuminated field, something in the sky, and then nothing. It gets strange here because 
Batinza says that Burroughs was engulfed in the light and disappeared before reappearing in front of his eyes. What the fuck? I know. So he disappeared and reappeared? Yeah. He was engulfed in the light, whatever the fuck that means. This is the... this is from. This isn't like farmer fucking Giles. No. This isn't like you know you pissed up coming home. These are level-headed military men. Oh yeah, they've just this been is called, their they've description. Been called out to it, you know what I mean? Again, it's it's come across and they've been called out to it, and the deputy's gone fuck this. Let's get the gear and do it, and you know what I mean. So this is their description. This is why it's fascinating. It's fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah, and this was kept quiet. And it was kept quiet for for a few years. I mean, I'll explain how it came out mm. in a bit. But they, like Thatcher said, you can't tell the people. Makes you sort of puts more emphasis on why she said that when yeah. she's given the details. She's like, what the f- Don't tell them. Yeah. Keep this one quiet. And also on Holt's tape, uh, the men say they can see multiple objects in the distance just whizzing around in the sky, possibly five or six. So th- whatever this thing was, it wasn't alone. Mm. had other things at a distance where they were observing, trying to look for a local bar to get a drink, I don't know, but whatever they were, there yeah, were these yeah. things in the sky. And here's a couple of quotes from some of the guys that were actually out there. This is from Adrian Patinza, who met them in the field, met Holt in the field as he was leaving. He said, when I arrived, it was going in and out through the trees, and at one stage it was hovering. It then went into a, a clearing at the edge of the forest. By the time we got to the clearing, it had already landed when this thing landed, Holt was already there. I didn't see it land. I saw it take off. It kind of hovered at first and then took off. It's just okay. strange, isn't it? Uh, Sergeant Monroe Nevels, he was a disaster preparedness technician who was sent out. So we, A disaster preparedness technician. Yeah. So, so they know shit's going down. And you got a sort of, that's his title. You go, well, something bad's happened then. Yeah, yes. Yeah, send Monroe out. You're like, yeah. oh my God. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he describes the event. He says that there were. There was three objects or lights. The largest light was the leading or command vessel, which is interesting to say. The lights, um, the three lights were individual vessels that were up in the sky, moving independently of each other. So what he's trying to say is the objects that were off in the distance were all individual craft. Mm. He's not saying it was one craft with three or four or five points of light on it. He's saying they're all moving independently. Uh, and they were able to jump from Woodbridge and show up over Brentwaters in less than a second, which is not possible. Because no. he's saying jump. That He says they're just sort of like literally being there and then not being there and being over there. They're moving from A to B. Not yet. Yeah, in ways that we can't describe. Yeah, it's like it's already there, but it's... It's not at the same time and completely silent. It's just it's just very very weird. So as you can imagine, these guys can't do a great deal. They returned to base. Um, there were all sorts of people from different agencies ready to talk to them. And the guys say that the questioning was done specifically to find out what happened. But more likely, they all got the impression that it was a damage limitation exercise. Okay. So 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 I don't know what really what they. I mean, you could mean that could mean that did. Did one of our craft go nuts? And it's a damage limitation exercise, i.e. we're just trying to tell these guys to forget about it and then hopefully they won't speak and no one will know it was there. Or is it coming from the angle that this was truly weird and something that we had no idea what it was and they were just fucking trying to get as much information as they Mm. could and tell them to shut up? Did they know what it was? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Initially, uh, Colonel Holt 
carried out the debrief, pretty much everybody gave the same stories, varying slightly due to locations and, and vantage points. And they all had absolutely no explanation for what had happened. And everybody was, as you could imagine, traumatised. Mm. These are fucking big guys here. Yeah, yeah. Marines, and they were rattled, to say the least, by whatever whatever this thing was. Um, Jim Pennison says that the first and only debrief carried out by base personnel uh, and questioning was... Uh, all other questioning was done by... Um, OSI people, which is the Office for Special Investigations. These are the guys that actually sort of took over the debriefing and spoke to them. Uh, they have, apparently the OSI have huge amounts of power and can effectively, and they do, police the US Air Force. They can walk into commander's office and arrest them if they want. Okay. So these guys have got next level power. Yeah. What they say goes. So it's interesting that they were there mm. talking about something which people tell you to forget about. Ah, it wasn't real, forget about it. And you've got these guys showing up, wanting to know everything. Mm, yeah. yeah. It was the debriefs by the OSI that get shady. Pennison was called in into by them two, two weeks after the event, so a couple of weeks had passed by now. He said that the OSI's mood was not good. They were threatening and intimidating. Pennison gave him his notebook and sketches of, of the craft uh, he made, but the, the rest of the debrief gets a bit cloudy. I'm, I'm assuming because he hadn't told them that he'd got all that shit. When these guys turned up, he was like, this is deep. Don't hide anything. You, mm, could, be, you yeah. could literally be putting yourself in a box here because mm. this could be so radically far out that you lying could result in fucking war or whatever yeah could de- could, I don't know yeah. I don't yeah. know I don't want to say but it, yeah. yeah but he um he said that the debrief the initial part was he remembers the second part gets cloudy he said that they injected him with sodium pentanol which is a truth serum now, to be sure, that obviously just to be sure that he was telling the truth, he claims that he probably gave them permission to do that. Okay. Because he, he didn't want to hide anything, but he can't fucking remember because no. it gets all fucking... Yeah, so all, all fucking mental anyway, yeah. isn't it? So. so he's like, yeah, put the needle in my arm. I don't want to lie to you guys. I don't want you to think I'm lying because if you think I'm lying, you might shoot me. Yeah. So fuck it, inject me and extract whatever you want from me. So that's essentially what he just put himself fully in their hands, mm. just clear me. They then took Adrian Patinza in, who went in with John Burroughs as well after they saw Holt. Um, and they told him that he saw nothing but a bright light from a lighthouse. And he was like, nah, bruv, it was a craft shooting lasers. <laughs> it wasn't a fucking yeah. lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, they said, you're not understanding what we are saying and you are not leaving until you agree that it was the lighthouse. Okay. So, they're, yeah. They're, they're forcing it on forcing it, it yeah. He fought them, probably being a bit brave, and he's only young, and he's like, he's not thinking anything bad would happen, but he was saying it wasn't a fucking lighthouse until they informed him, this is what he said, they informed him that bullets were cheap, and he was like, yeah, it was a fucking lighthouse, <laughs> yeah, It was mate. a lighthouse, yeah. And it, but it wasn't a lighthouse. What if it was a gold, gold-plated gold bullet? Or gold, fully gold bullet? That's what I'd have said. But why? <laughs> Just because they said bullets are cheap, I went, it wouldn't oh, be right. if it was gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're going werewolf hunting, you need silver bullets or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, the other guys were treated this way. They were threatened with extreme force and told never to talk about it again. It was top secret, and that was that. They all did what they were told, fearing being shot in the face. They just shut their mouth. Um, you know, if it was a lighthouse, then why the following days in the forest there was a complete hive of activity helicopters various vehicles were seen landing around the outside trucks going in and out yeah. uh, you know it, it doesn't seem like it was a lighthouse yeah. if that's what they're, yeah, if yeah. they're conducting themselves even Holt the deputy commander says a plane full of people were flown in to investigate and obviously they said fuck all about what they were doing mm. excuse me I'm going to cough 
<coughs> Very professional. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Now, if you remember, Pendison took photos, like I said at the beginning. So did Holt's team. Uh, and like fucking dummies, they got them developed at the base lab. And guess what happened? All the they photo- disappeared. All the, fo- well, no, the photos. Well, yeah, they did. Because when they picked up their photos, they, all they got was whited out images. Right. Um, so it's entirely likely that the OSI questioned them about that, the photos that, when they were tripping on sodium yeah. pentanol. And all they had to do was just monitor the labs and wait for them to walk in and then confiscate yeah. them. You just do it somewhere else, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you do your best. You do your best. Just chop one negative off, do something, I don't know. Yeah. Try and keep something. But having said that, these guys are fucking next level. They're threatening people with death. We're going to kill you. Probably just let them have it. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what you saw. Fuck it. Let them have it. They probably don't even know what it is. So it's not like you're ever going to know. Mm. Just know that you saw some mad shit. Um, so yeah, everything got disappeared. Pennison said that he suspects strongly that the photos were intercepted and they actually did come out. Um, and all he got was a swapped batch of white photos. Having said that, this thing was causing apparent time distortion, and it was p- having some sort of radio interference. Maybe it did just fucking black. The f- maybe it affected the negatives. Maybe it f- scrambled the, the films. Mm. I, I don't know. But Holt thought they were being fucked with as well. The, com- the deputy commander, he said that he suspected strongly that it was being lied to and kept in the dark as to what really happened. Um, they even asked him to write a memo. This is the you know, the, the famous memo where it all comes out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically a report of the incident. He did it and it was forwarded to the MOD and you can find the report and read it now. Um, but it's not written for public consumption. It's like a lot of these military documents. It's it's more like points of information rather than a story. Like when we did, read, um, we did Operation Northwoods and I just read the documents. Yeah. They're just not much. You've got to kind of paint a picture yourself mm. because they're just giving you the bare in, like bare essentials of what happened. Yeah. You've got to fill in the rest yourself. Um, but the memo is important. The memo is important because it confirms an official military document in an official military document that this thing actually happened. Yeah. So without that document, this would just be stories. Mm. But this document proves that something went down. So after that, he, he wrote the document, sent it off. Nothing was said. The rumours of UFO activity around the base fade and the guys keep their mouth shut and shit get back to normal. And everyone just moves on. Nothing is said. Mm. Everyone just forgets about it. That is until 1983 when a military policeman called Larry Warren hears rumours about the Holt memo. Now, he then gets hold of it through Freedom of Information Act. So he hears that there's more information. There's a document that tells the MOD everything that occurred and it came from the deputy commander. Surely that's the... That's the document yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah, want. That's the one you want, yeah. That's the tell-all. So he, he then uh, requests it through Freedom of Information uh, and gets it. Uh, he says he did it because the encounter was real. It happened, and it was a bigger deal than people realise, and the public should know. So fuck me, man. He had some... I think he knew something, yeah. and he was yeah. pushing for this. So uh, he was 19 in 1980 and was at the base when it kicked off. He was ordered from his command post out to the forest to assist Holt, apparently, during his uh, investigation. Um, They didn't know that Larry Warren was heading out. Holt and his men didn't know because they had radio issues. Yeah. So Warren's just heading out there on his own. No one knows what the fuck's going on with Holt and his boys because no one can speak to them. They don't know that Larry Warren's coming out. So Larry's just fucking wandering across thinking, what the fuck's going on? As he gets closer, this is what he claimed happened and it's fucking far out. He says he saw a group of military men, he's talking about Holt now, yeah. standing around a glowing object in a field. 
He said they were all looking at a craft. Um, when Larry sort of looked closer to see what they were looking mm. at, he said inside this object, this this thing that we can't really describe because yeah. we don't really know how to describe it, whatever it was, he said inside it there seemed to be three, and this is his words, three glowing entities that appeared alive and were changing all the time. What the fuck? He said that whatever the fuck that means. I don't know what that means. Changing all the time. Does that the mean time. they change what they look like constantly or, or did it just mean they're just getting... I don't know. He just said they were changing all the time. He also has a, great, a lot of difficulty really describing what he's seeing, which is a lot of the times in this Yeah, in this it's thing. the same. It sounds like, it, you know, it's... It, things at the scene doesn't make sense, so it's, it's hard to for them to um to yeah. explain what's going on. They're looking when at you it. see something weird yourself, like you, I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. he done this. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it? You haven't really got a frame point of reference to try and describe what you're looking at and yeah. what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. So yeah, he's struggling, but he does describe these glowing things inside whatever this thing was. Mm. I mean, we don't know what it is. He said they were small humanoid shapes. Now, why do they always have arms and fucking legs? Yeah, they might be just like a round bodge, like lump of blob. How do we know, you know the craft isn't conscious? It mm. doesn't necessarily need life. The craft forms. could be the animal. Yeah, it could be. You never know. Who knows? Anyway, yeah, so he said there were small humanoid shapes. One of the senior guys present around it apparently was attempting some form of communication. And Warren, observing this, says that they were definitely following some form of protocol. Yeah. At this point, somebody notices Larry Warren uh, and realises that he's not meant to be there and he's promptly escorted away. The following day, he's debriefed along with the other witnesses. He said he remembers being on a table, being questioned, and possibly being drugged. Now, the other guys from the previous two encounters, um, we recalled earlier, were, were pissed off with Larry Ron because they say that his story is complete bullshit. Right. They say he's making it up. He wasn't there. And what he's saying actually harms their their story. Okay. Because they're saying what happened yeah, to yeah. us is completely real. The whole and, description. And his is completely different. And his yeah. is just making it up to jump on, I don't know, probably for trying to get some sort of fame. Yeah. How, how did I see what I saw? Something like that. Look, book by Larry, or yeah, whatever his name exactly, is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Larry Warren, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're all pretty confident that he wasn't there. Yeah. And what just... he's saying is rubbish. But what they're saying is the truth. I'm kind of in the same boat as them. Because their descriptions... Let's be honest, right? People do jump on shit to try and get famous or try and get some quick cash, you know what I mean? So it wouldn't surprise me if if, if something like that's happening. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Something weird's happened, obviously. Yeah. And he's just fucking saying, yeah, I was there. Mm. Read, he, read my story, cost £10.99. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially when the other guys say, you're just wrecking this, mate. Shut your fucking yeah. mouth, man. Stop talking about shit that didn't happen because this is real and it's important that we stick to the actual facts. Because yeah. if we all start fucking, fucking making mental, shit yeah. up... It's just going to dilute and just... No one's going to fucking yeah. know. It's just gonna, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, he may be talking bullshit, but one good thing about it is he got the memo released yeah. because he got it through the Freedom of Information Act. So I just want to jump back. Do you remember right back at the beginning uh, when I said that Jim Pennison actually touched it? Yeah. He said he, re- he reached out and touched it. In 2010, here we go again for craziness, uh, Jim Pennison revealed that somehow through touching the craft, he sort of initiated a download of information. He doesn't know how. He just the act of touching it allowed him to know some shit. The following day after touching it, 
he said he was seeing zeros and ones in his mind's eye and couldn't get them out of his head. So he wrote them down in his notebook. Zeros and ones? Yeah, he had no idea what they were. Literally no idea. Yeah. Uh, he wrote them down in his notebook. He wrote 16 pages of zeros and ones that turned out to be binary code. He didn't know what binary was. He's back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably most people know it now, but back then it, it was, you know obscure really to know that unless you're like a programmer yeah computers aren't everywhere so he had no idea what it was um after writing it down the pattern as i say of zeros and ones from his mind's eye disappeared the 16 pages of notes were deciphered from binary and the message appears what the binary what, what, what's the message i've got it here the binary was literally a message and this is what it says now I got. I don't know whether you should say I've got no reason to believe or disbelieve Jim Pennison, but this is all in the memo. If we agree that something anomalous did happen and he did do what he did and yeah. touched it, then he's telling you the truth here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes this even fucking more bizarre. This is what the message says. It's a lot of it is jargon. It's just all it's just weird shit, numbers. Yeah. That, yeah, that's yeah. it there. Yeah, yeah. But I'll read down. I read. I read basically the points that you need to know, and I'll probably just use this as I don't know. I could use this as a uh, maybe a episode image. You put yeah, put it on the, the Facebook page or something. Yeah. It says the first line says exploration of humanity, and then it's got six 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 eight one zero zero. That's the first line, and then it has a series of numbers. Now these series of numbers are latitude and longitude coordinates. Okay. Because I've checked them. Okay. And they are. The next line says, continuous for planetary advan. I don't know what that means. Advancement, I don't know. Continue for planetary advancement. That's how mm -hmm. I read that. Okay, yeah. Whatever, but it says continuous for planetary advan. Fourth coordinate, continue, UQS, CB, RP, before. Then there's a, a load more longitude and latitude coordinates, followed by the line, eyes of your eyes. Eyes of your eyes. Then the sentence origin with a longitude and latitude coordinate, which I've clicked, and it's just, it's middle of the ocean. Uh, followed by origin year, 8,100. After people have studied this message, it appears the craft <laughs> itself was, it could have been, it actually may well have been a product of humanity. It, it, it seems to read that these are <laughs> human time travellers from the year 8,100, hence origin year 8,100. Uh, I've checked the coordinates of, of the, uh, in this message, and they all some of them link to like temples, random locations in the desert, um, and, and in one of the one of the coordinates actually lies in between the pyramids of Giza. Okay. Um, the codes for the for the origin. It says uh, origin point, and then it's got a load of coordinates. That I, I, obviously, I checked that out as well. And that is in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's about 250 miles off the coast of Ireland was the origin point of whatever this was. It seems to have come out of the ocean or come into existence 250 miles over the coast of Ireland. And that is where we're going to stop the episode because otherwise you're going to have to listen to us for three hours speculating why human time travellers from the year 8,100 appeared in a forest not far from Ipswich. <laughs> Maybe next time on Robots for Eyes. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah.
That's nuts. It's like it's like none of it makes sense, you know what I mean? But it, it you know, but they've all got the story, haven't they? So it's it's, it's a military document, and this is where it takes us. Mm. It takes us to human time travellers from the year eight thousand one hundred appearing in a mm. forest in Ipswich. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? They didn't expect that at the end. I know. Neither did I. I thought, what the fuck? I mean, you could imagine here we could go really, really deep, really deep. Apparently, some of these coordinates are. I mean. I'm probably speaking out of school because I, I, I literally didn't do any... I stopped my research here because I thought, oh, no, we're going to end up going yeah, down yeah. some fucking deep rabbit holes and we're never going to get this episode done. But some of the coordinates are um, allegedly like jump gates. I, I don't know what that means. It's just people speculating. Like Stargate. I, nah, mate, I don't know what the fuck... This, this is Robots Rising. Yeah, Who knows yeah. what the fuck is? Um, it's really good, though. I like it because either a deputy commander of a nuclear weapons base and his team of men are either lying or yeah. mistaken. Uh, I don't know how you could mistake what you see and describe in your memo as anything other than what it is. Because you're not describing a plane. You're describing a series of random stuff that's happening. Yeah. You're just saying, well, okay, it's blinking at me. It's exploded, but it's quiet. So I believe that if... I believe that what they're saying is what they saw. Yeah. Because why would you, why would you lie? Yeah, it's, it's a bit mental, isn't it, yeah? Especially with how high up they are and all that. Well, yeah, exactly. Why would, why would you... That's just, that's just causing shit, isn't it, if you do that that high up? It's like fucking Theresa May coming out with something, which is, you know, yeah. I know she probably bullshits a lot, but I mean, like, mate, it's like a really stupid story. You know I mean, like, oh, we found 16 trillion quid. Yeah, you, you wouldn't make something up like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't just... Wa- if I was a, com- a commander of a... Of a, like a I mean, that, that job that... Charles Holt had got a deputy commander of a, of a, of a US airbase that containing nuclear weapons is something that you would have been checked out. Your background would have been checked. They would have done everything, everything. You would have been in the military showing your responsibility level, showing how trustworthy you are. You would have gradually worked up to that. And even being a deputy commander, they're still eyeballing you. You may be up for the main position. Mm. So he's very aware of his position and how... how you know, in a, in a way, privileged he is to have that position. Why would you wander off into the forest and say that you saw things exploding that were shooting lasers at you? Why would you say that? Unless no, it no, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way I would ever say that is if I fucking saw it. Yeah. It's weird, though, isn't it? It's crazy. It's fucking yeah. nuts. How do you, where do you start again? Do you know what I mean? Though? Like, if you're trying to work out the truth of what happened, where do you start on that now? <sighs> Um, I don't. I do you know what I mean? It's it's fuck. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is that like you could go back <laughs> to conspiracies like like nine eleven and stuff? Though, where do you start with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, but like it's it's mad though, isn't it? Well, this. I mean, we can't take this this thing for for face value. I mean, let's let's just say this happened. Yeah. Which which is difficult to do, yeah. but apparently it did. Let's just say it happened. How do we know? That when Pennison touched whatever this thing was, and he had this download of information with binary code that revealed this message that essentially we might have been us from the future coming back mm. for, as it says, advancement of our planet. How do we know that that message given to him was the truth? Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a lot of assumptions here. Well, yeah, it could okay. have been someone just fucking with us. Yeah, it could be. You just, you know, I mean, it could be some weird thing thrown off a scent and just going, yeah. we'll just say it's this. If mm. it's true, then that's, you know. I, I did. I mean, obviously, I didn't expand on it too much. But he, um, Pennison, had no idea what binary was. He hadn't got a fucking clue. Mm. He didn't know it existed. It was back in the eighties. Yes, it, binary did exist. Yeah, but it's but yeah. it's not like it, 
you know, coders were everywhere. Well, to be honest, then. yeah, exactly. I wouldn't know, have a fucking clue. You know what I mean? How to say hello or or hi or whatever. You know what I mean? In binary so. base numbers. It's difficult. I've had to do it before at work to like program things. But yeah. He didn't know. He had no idea. So I, I find it fascinating. I also love it because it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's just, it is mad, isn't it? It's just so bizarre. What do you think, Rob? What's your final, your final assessment on the Rendlesham Forest? Did it occur? Did it not occur? If it did occur, what do you think it is? Well, it was, they've got recordings, like you say, of it. And I haven't listened to them. So if you're one of them, we've got to listen to see if it's mm. bullshit or not. But I just can't see people that high up lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have have they made money from it? These people, I don't even know. Nah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they've not written. Books, if they haven't mate. made money, then then why would why would they lie? You know what I mean? If they have they written books about it, or have they? You know what I mean? And it's a fucking elaborate lie. Yeah, it's a bit of a mental one, isn't it? So you're saying something happened? Something happened. I don't know if it's what they saw happen, but something weirds happened. What you think they might have been mistaken? Well, if they're not too sure about it exploding in the air and it's still there and well, all it this, did. yeah, yeah, <coughs> it but did explode. It's on the tape. It said it's exploding. But yeah, it's but, but, still like, there. but if they, yeah, but if they <coughs> say it's exploding, but it, then it's actually not. You know what I mean? Where where are they mentally? Do you know what I mean? To to say what the truth is of the situation? Was it shedding a payload? Well, yeah, I don't know. Don't, taking its coat off. Was it some form of? I don't know. Measure, you. Measure, I don't Stay know. Away. Surface sample. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Who Strange, knows? isn't it? Was it a mar- was it leaving a marker? Liquid metal. Was everywhere. it leaving a, its own marker? So it knew that it. Had, I mean, I don't know. But it's just so because it's so alien. It is, and it's like it's just so alien. That's probably why, though, as well, because obviously it's so alien. You 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 can't describe something you've never really seen before. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and a, the events that it does, whatever that thing does. It'd probably be hard to fucking explain. Well, it's, it, 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 I mean, just the let's just say what they saw was real. Comprehending how that thing did what it did is is you know we're talking about something that's several tons in weight that was emitting light out of its the fabric of the craft, causing time distortion, statically charging the air, interfering with radios, mm. and was able to fly away. Well, hover completely silently with no form of external, you know, exhaust and sh- and shoot off at several tons in weight instantaneously, yeah. massive distances, shoot lasers at people's feet and start fucking with weapons. <laughs> no fucking, yeah, it's a bit fucking crazy, isn't it? It's like, like I say, where do you start on it? Do you know what I mean? Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as we know, according to the documents... That's what happened. What it was, I don't know. Was it real? Apparently it was. What does it mean? Well, it clearly means that people from the future like coming to Ipswich and fucking with Marines every now and then. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why if, not? if I'm going to fuck with Marines, I'd definitely be doing it in Ipswich. What would the purpose of travelling back in time be? I mean, what are they after? Are they trying to alter a timeline? Or are they... I mean, because if it's happened... I'm assuming that there's records of it. If there's not, there might have been that's some massive point, catastrophe actually. and there is no records and they're coming back to, to look good, because they don't know. That's a good point, actually. Why, why would they come back to do that? Like, especially as it's such a military place, it's all documented anyway. And what, if it is 8,000 8, and whatever it was... 8,000, year of origin, 8,100. It'd still be on a record somewhere. You'd think. If something went wrong or... But nothing did go wrong. Well, the, the thing which went wrong was them turning up. Well, maybe they're preempting it and saying, um, we come from the future, 
the year 8100. We're shooting shit into your bases to see what your weapons are made of. Because you're going to fuck it up. We know it's coming. You're going to blow yourselves up in 100 years. But it's nothing really... <laughs> it's so nuts. Nothing really meant... Well, it did obviously mental things happen. What I mean is though, like... No, was there anything left? Did they get any samples of stuff? Did they, you know what I mean? Well, was... as Holt said, they were playing loads of people flying in yeah. from different agencies. They were going into the woods in vehicles, helicopters landing on the outside, but they were saying shit. No mm. one was saying anything. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> it, it may, it, it's starting to make me think now. Maybe they are were lying, but I don't know. Yeah, well, just say what you think. I mean, I don't know. It's creepy though. Yeah, it's creepy. I, I, I can't see why they would lie because it's obviously. Um, oh, they lie about everything, mate. But is it more of a cover up for something else? Could so be. maybe what well, they did find a military thing, right? Yeah. Something weird happened. Yeah, for it's all happened this because it was all documented and all that. Maybe it was a military thing which has gone tits up and they've come up with a, a weird story. Cover or, story or it could be right. You know what I mean? You mean like a cover story saying... Yeah, okay, like we... something's gone tits up and they, they go, oh, you know, we tried out a new nuclear plane or something. Yeah, and then, then Russia will go, hang on a second. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we've got some sort of mad trans-atmosphere yeah, craft, yeah. which is only eight metres yeah. wide, that can fly to space. So we had make a rough some landing. mental story up and just, you know... Yeah, had a rough landing in the fucking woods. Yeah. And uh, we don't want anyone to know that we've got this craft. So... It's a UFO boys. Yeah, yeah. Let's just tell them it was an alien. A lot of people say that that that, that the reason why the the UFO <clears throat> or alien sort of uh, you know um, subject has become in the you know the, the common public domain yeah. is is because of mili- of the military that they want you to think that yeah because it, it's it's a distraction it's, it, it, for what it, it, it actually is. Yeah, is. yeah. It's kind of like like you say it's. Uh, it's a way of them, if they fuck up something, they can go, I don't know what that was. Blame it on aliens. Yeah, we think it must be <laughs> a UFO, aliens of some sort, or yeah. UFO, and they go, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it leads them off to another way. Well, what did, what's happening? Yeah. And they just go, well, fuck it, the man. Okay, no. We've up. got it covered now, yeah. Because it doesn't sound like a cover-up. They said that there was a cover-up because no one said fuck all about it. But it doesn't sound like a cover-up to no. me. It sounds like we know everything about what fucking happened. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's an odd situation, isn't it? I mean, we don't even know if that memo was real. They, I mean, that was the one released from the MOD under the Freedom of Information, but that could be a crock of shit as well. Yeah. Once again, they could have inter- intercepted it and changed it around. They're injecting the fucking lads with sodium pentanol, whatever it was called, when they were doing the debriefing. How do we know we're not altering memories then? No. And that what they are recalling is not what happened. Actually, no, we can prove that because of the tape recording taken at the time. Mm. you've got the tape recording then you've got the administration of drugs two weeks later so you can listen to the recording and it is what it is they are saying that there are laser beams coming down from the fucking sky at their feet (laughs) from something that's exploded silently so can they all have some LSD hopefully that'd be cool (laughs) wouldn't it imagine how scared you'd be if you were tripping and then you were in a forest and that happened and it was actually happening you'd be like Ah. you wouldn't know what reality is would you it's like like it's like a double what they call it like a double bluff yeah double bluff yeah, these these fucking LSD, it's making me go mental. No, no, no that's this, this is actually happening. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. What? <laughs> that's real. Yeah. Look at the lights. Look at the lights. It's a good tale. Read into it how you like. Should yeah. we wrap up the episode there? Yeah, man. So that was episode fucking 40. 40, yeah. We, we need to do a catch-up one again, don't we? Yeah, we do, yeah. Go over them all again. Maybe, maybe next week we'll do that. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Well, yeah. We did a pissed up one last week, didn't we? Did we? Yes, we did. We yeah. did an absinthe one, didn't we? Yes. Absinthe binge. Yeah. 
Um, we've, also, we've also got some lined up and I've got a few more episodes lined up so we can just drop into a random one whenever we want yeah man so that, that's the episode hope you enjoyed um, if you're bored tonight have a wander around in the woods yeah you know just look for some laser beams and weird like eye things and falling down from the sky and stars and whatever you know just tell us your story how did you get on <laughs> until next time we'll see you next week see you later everyone bye bye <laughs>